Hi, I'm your host, Anthony Giorgio, and you're listening to a brand new season of Queer Teen Podcast, Season 5, Queer Religion. Encouraging the next generation of queer youth from across the world to stand up for what's right. I'm super excited about my next guest. I've had them on my queer teen uh, live on Instagram, and they have an amazing podcast themselves, which are going to tell you all about. And I'm going to let them introduce themselves. So here they are. Take it away. Hello. Hi, everybody. This I'm Pelayo. Melissa Weiss. Sorry. Go. Pelayo, and I'm Melissa Weiss. And we are the hosts of The Forbidden. Apple. Apple. Thank you for having us here, Anthony. How are you doing? I'm good. Uh, explain to everybody what the Forbidden Apple is. The Forbidden Apple is a podcast that explores. Uh, we're working on a new one. Palayo, you want to take it away? The- I was going to say it's much more than a podcast. We have been like yes. uh, recording ourselves, uh, kind of like clarifying our mission. And we want to share that it's more than a podcast. It's a community of radical acceptance. And or inclusivity. Have- we, 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 we don't, we're not stuck on the word yet. Inclusivity and acceptance. I love that we're uh, a cool space right now on this podcast. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're brainstorming still. It's a message that's still uh, evolving. But mm-hmm. we give voice to LGBTQ voices, to anybody who has been told that they cannot be religious and queer or religious and spiritual. And we hear what they have to say about their journeys. Yeah, and what we've write, what, what we've uh, updated it to be is uh, to, the the focus is to reclaim to, for people to reclaim their spirituality because oftentimes when we talk about it, people get very scared because they think it's religion and we're trying to be religious. We're like, whoa, 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 this is just like a safe space. What does it mean to you? Which is our overall mission. It was always, but we're just figuring out wording so uh, as we get to know our community because there's a lot of religious trauma. And so we're like working with all of that and figuring out how to get our message across in a mm-hmm. way that doesn't scare people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, tell your stories of why you're doing, like tell your stories and then, and, then, and, then I'll, and then I'll talk more. I just give a little background as to why it's important. And I think it's very important to have a connection to spirituality, religion, God, or whomever to continue this journey because I mean, we're the only ones doing it. So, mm. and none of it matters. So we have to do something together and make it work. And uh, so tell your stories a little bit uh, first. Who's going to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. So I am Pelayo Alvarez, as I said. I am originally from Spain, like the surname may suggest. And I started the Forbidden Apple to create also selfishly a space for me to develop my spirituality. And to learn all that language that I was taught as a kid in Catholic school every Sunday of what God is, what miracles is, what the Bible is telling you, what Jesus is is about, and kind of make something that would resonate with me, right? A lot of the times I really would not find meaning in the words that my parents, my family, my culture would tell me that uh, things meant. So I really dissociated from it. And as an adult, I'm now 
trying to reconnect and find something that it's bigger than us that doesn't have to necessarily go by like a specific uh, standard and that I think that everybody has to build their own and a lot of these times the building also involves destroying whatever you had in a way and from the scratches that are left in the floor picking them up and putting them in a way that it works for you and that you can build a new home that is going to be your spirituality. Yeah, and I'm uh, Melissa Weiss and I grew up in a Hasidic um, Jewish home in Brooklyn. And so be because I grew up really, really religious and then I left that, I had to figure out what that means. Like Pilai was saying, what, 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 what do we take from it, right? So after I left it completely, like I wouldn't even say, oh God, like, oh my God, or oh God, I would go into these paces in my head as I don't believe in God. How can I say that? I had to like untrain all of my, and then realizing that, that, the th that I was missing something. And what I was missing was like these people getting together for the greater good. Doesn't mean that religion doesn't have problems. It doesn't mean organized religion, you know, but, but there, what I miss is that feeling of we're, here for something bigger than us, something larger than us. And, and, and we let our egos just kind of, you know, take a back seat for a while. And I really like that. Um, and so it's figuring out, like, I think, especially for queer people, I think when we, when you have an idea that God doesn't love you, the trauma that that can do, because the idea of God equates to like any religious spiritual life, if that's how you're raised. And then it's like, oh, but God doesn't like, let's say that I'm queer or God doesn't like, yeah, mostly that I'm queer or, or I'm not religious, right? In my family, it's worse that I'm not religious. Um, you start to equate all of that and you think you have to let it all go. And it's a very black and white thinking. And from my journey, my personal journey, and then our journey together is looking at, at the grays and seeing the nuance and seeing all of that. And so it's literally like our mission is reclaiming your spirituality. It's figuring out what does that mean to me and the things, the lessons that I learned that I really like um, and how I can use that in my life and the new things that I'm learning from other people or from my way of life and things that I find value in. Um, so that's a little bit about us. It is fascinating. Like you just, uh, you that's a strict household you grew up in. Yes. <laughs> um, and I was raised Catholic. And then you know only holiday Catholic, and then uh, then non-denominational, which uh, Greendale's People's Church is what it was called. And you could it was just you went to church. You didn't there wasn't I can't remember there being anything specific. And then I went to this whole Christian thing. I also I I tried everything, but um, what I found is, and we can all I think agree on this topic. Uh, that obviously a lot of churches, as soon as you are who you are, who, who your true self, they don't like that. They immediately want to turn your back on you um, because being queer is a sin, which is not. It doesn't have anything to do with anything. Um, but obviously the structure and the idea of things and like um, making sure that you show up and you do what they say by, by their laws inside of their church by the man, the white man that's sitting on, on this perch, uh, wants you to abide by those rules or leave. And, um, you know, I've spoken to people from a, quite a few places about this part and about the, because everyone grows up, if they don't go to church, they have someone that goes to church and they, everyone talks about something. And, and we do say things like, oh God, but what does that really mean? And like, 
I believe everyone's godly in and of itself. And this is who we're all doing this together. And um, I had this crazy uh, moment a couple of weeks ago talking to somebody. And I was like, the funny thing is Jesus, specifically Jesus, who was Jewish, was a lot like what we're doing right now. If Jesus was here, I do believe you'd have a podcast like your podcast. And I really do. And like, and just inviting everybody in and to talk about themselves. And am I saying Jesus is queer? Probably, but whatever. And uh, we didn't know. Uh, so just embracing all of that. What do you think? Um, okay. So what are some of your um, experiences with your podcast specifically too, just having these conversations. What's one, I know this is such a loaded question, but I do value this question. What's one, um, what was an aha moment for you doing this journey going, oh, I didn't even think of it that way. Oh yeah. And getting the other perspective of things just in general. Yeah, I think that one of them is very related with what you just told about the perception of uh, what the church, uh, in our case, for example, as Catholics, makes you think of what God is, what Jesus is, what's, what the whole religion is about, and what humans' role in all this plays. Uh, was visiting the Church of the Village, which is a very affirming and welcoming church in the West Village in New York for uh, LGBTQ individuals, to the point that they have a huge mural with uh, the LGBTQ flag in the ceiling. So that's kind of like what welcomes you to a church. Something that can sound like very shocking to anybody coming from any of our traditions, right? Um, and being there and kind of seeing the immense effort that they have put into crafting this religious space and the religious rituals and uh, from A to C, everything to make sure that really everybody is welcomed. It was something very, very, very tailor-made. And I'll give a couple examples. But it really seemed like somebody really caring for the visitors, for the pilgrims or like the attendees of the church. I don't know exactly the name in, in English. And I feel like that's what church should be about or what any religious congregation should be about, really catering, tailoring and creating a space where the people can come, feel comfortable, feel welcomed, feel affirmed and represented. And just to give a couple of examples, for example, they, there's a lot of people with trauma regarding the pulpits, the, the benches in the church, and they took all that away. And uh, which obviously it's, it's a big decision. Like that's something like, oh, in my first thought, even as a Catholic was like, oh, wow, like that's money. Like that, that's how a church should look and uh, all these preconceptions that we have in our heads, right? But no, they really wanted to make sure that if somebody went there with some PTSD about what a church looks like, they would have a new look at, at this church and they could come in with a little bit because still like there will be more triggering things but they'll have that, that welcoming space for them. Okay, this, this is going to be different. This is a space where I can feel safe, where I can be myself, and that won't remind me of those traumatic events in my past. And another one, which I even consider it to be bigger in terms of my traditional Catholic brain, is that they embraced completely the... Um, the fact that Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and God are the same person to refer to them as them. So they use, instead of using he or she pronouns, they use them pronouns to refer to, to God. And when you think about it, like that, when you were talking about these aha moments, it's like, 
yeah, of course, like it's it's a plural. At the same time, they're the same person. They should be referred as them. Um, and seeing that they're also obviously doing that with the intent of, of being inclusive, but at the same time, it seems like a more than feasible interpretation of the sacred scripture. That was for me the example. That's a I see. I didn't even think of it that way. Like I wasn't. That's great. The more you know. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think one of the things that surprised me um, was the amount of faith spaces that are trying to do work, the work, right? So like, I didn't know that there were, there's a lot of churches that are not just, and, and then learning the language, learning what like LGBT friendly meant, or are they accepting? Are they welcoming? What does that mean? Do they have clergy actually that are LGBTQ? So, but learning that there are, there are spaces that are, people can go at, fully out, fully proud, just like just themselves and are fully accepted will be part of, like in the church of the village, we spoke to, a, we, we interview um, Jorge, who's, um, who's a, um, a queer man from, where is he from? I forgot. Dominican um, Republic. Dominican Republic. Um, and he's uh, a minister there, or I'm, not, I'm still learning the language. But, but personally for me, what, what was very, um, what's really interesting is hearing how other people interpret things. And that makes, that's, that's like consistently gives me aha moments because one of the people that we talked about, we talked to, talked about choice, the concept of choice. And I, that was a big struggle for me. How much choice do we have as human beings, right? So in, in Hebrew, it's Bechira, and how, how much choice do we have? How much is like in our, the plan for us and how much choice do we have? And it was something that I studied in seminary. I spoke to rabbis. It was always something that was a struggle for me. And the way that she said it was just like, I haven't thought about it in years because I wasn't trying to understand it anymore. And when she spoke about it, I'm like, that was like blew, blowing my mind. So she talked about how it's just like simple in the sense of, you know, like we have this knowing of when we're on the right path or when something is good for us. We have another part of us is like, I want that fried food. I'm going to hurt after, but I want that, right? So we know what's good for us. So it's just in that, she's like, you have choice, but you're going to suffer. So you kind of really, you're not made to eat that. So you kind of know the direction you're supposed to be on and you get to choose, do you want to be on the direction or do you not want to be? And, and that gave me like, I was like, I have not thought about this concept of Bechira in so long. And when she spoke about it, I was like, that makes sense because the simple, the simplest thing I had ever gotten in my community, and it wasn't, I went to a seminary, it wasn't, it wasn't Hasidic. I went to a seminary because I wanted to study more Torah. So, and women don't do that much in my community. So it was actually not a, not a Hasidic one, but an Orthodox one in England. And the simplest explanation after having all these conversations was like, you know, a, a parent gives a child like a red lollipop and a green lollipop, and they know the child will probably pick the red. And that's the choice. But the way that she explained it now, I can understand what they meant, but I did not understand it then. I was just like, you're just playing with the kid, pretending you're giving them a choice. But the way that she explained it, that was clear. It's like, you get to have, you could get to do something that is not good for you. And in it, I liked her example better. But just like things like that, they're consistently being like, oh, I'm, I'm making sense of my, my lessons and the learnings and the teachings that I was raised with by listening to other people. So that's like, I can go on and on, Anthony, about this because it's like there's so many aha moments. It's been like a year and a half of aha moments. So I'm yep. going to shut up now and stop for a little and let you talk. No, it's great. The the 
Well, you know, there's a clear distinction. You guys can both be off of mute. You don't have to be mute. And actually, it's better for me if I hear background noise. So you can totally take your mute off. Okay. It's like, it was weird. I was like, wait, why? Yeah. So um, there's a clear distinction between choice and a decision, right? So like decisions, I work a lot on language and I, and I really uh, try to uh, make it as transformative as possible. I've worked really hard since 2011. I took this journey through language and the really great programs through it. And I broke it down to the simplest form. And that's, that's when you actually have the moments of like, oh, duh. Because you're like, so a decision is based off of a lot of things. You're going to decide to have pepperoni pizza because you've had pepperoni pizza before. You like it from this specific place. D'Angelo's in the corner or blah, blah, blah. I'm getting it there. It tastes so good. They make the same sauce. They're so consistent. And choices usually are just spur of the moment, like these amazing moments where you don't know the outcome, but like, you know, that's like this aha of like this beauty. Like you don't know anything about it, but you're gonna make the choice to go because you just feel like that's gonna be a great, and decisions are pretty, it's just decisive. Like you're pretty like, yes. And um, with spirituality and religion and God and whomever and all these different things, I have seen, I was told to my face that I couldn't be a homosexual. And I was like, well, that is not gonna work out. It does not make any sense for me. Like, and, but I did, consider the possibility of trying to work through it but then it just doesn't feel right when I would go to church and my friends were really gracious about it Christian church specifically I mean I had the workbooks my bible the quotes and I started to really and they brought my me and my dad closer together but it still felt so uncomfortable like I was like what is this uncomfortable feeling and then it started to break down for me and actually my mother to its simplest form sat me down and said because I was going crazy. She goes, what are you doing? I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, I don't care if you love God and Jesus and do all that. But like, you need to just take a couple steps back. Look at it all. And then then reassess, like, just go go through it and just try to just just calm, just take a breath. And she was right. And I stepped back, I took a breath. And and then other things happened and I just hated God and I was walked away from it all for a while. But um, that was my mother. She just broke it down for me. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's. And yeah, I, I think. Sorry. Yeah. No, I think that sometimes I think that's what's so interesting. I think spiritual journey is like it's a very personal thing, but we oftentimes need somebody else to point something out sure. to us. So it's, it's, it's a very fine line, right? Because then there's this fear of organized religion. Like, don't tell anyone how to be spiritual. Right. But also recognizing and seeing this person and tailoring it, like Pillai was saying earlier about the churches have to be tailored to the people that are attending, right? So it's like recognizing that person's journey and then maybe saying something that you think might be helpful to their journey, not what you think they should be, right? Mm -hmm. So that's interesting that it's, and and it sounds like your mom did something really smart and she saw you and was just like, okay, we're not judging it, but also. Yeah, she was right. She was really good at that. I can remember the moment because she was like, can you sit down right there on that? She told me to sit down at the kitchen table. I was like, what? Because I was such a smart ass when I was in my early 20s. I was like, what? And she's, and then, you know, and, and really yeah. like grand moment um, and that, that always sticks out to me for, for all the right reasons. And, um, yeah. you know, here's a question. Growing up inside of both of your faiths. Yeah. Uh, what does that do for you now? 
being you and like, how, like, what does that do for you? Like, how do you approach the moments where you know you're going to come up against the things that you've been taught? I don't know how, like, I don't, I feel like I don't come up against any guilt. I don't have any guilt inside of anything I do. Like, I don't think of those things. Like, I really am, I'm pretty even keel and I understand myself more than I ever have. And I continue to get told things and learn things. But what happens when you do still come up against uh, Catholic guilt, they call it, or um, I don't know what they call it. In- guilt, just guilt. Guilt. <laughs> just guilt. <laughs> Just guilt. Just guilt. Um, because you're yeah. true selves. You know, you you guys appear to me as being the most authentic you could be. Like your energy and your mm. way of being and your, and your um, um, yeah. Yeah. I think, okay, so a, a lot, therapy is important, right? I think that like when you notice those things or you struggle with, because what I, what I realized is when I first left, there was very overt, clear things that I was working on. And I had to undo some of the teachings. I had to figure out who I was. It was very clear. And as time goes on, I realized the little things that there the layers upon layers upon layers of, of, but it's not just community. It's culture. We all as human beings should be doing that work of trying to undo do we like something because we actually like it or were we told to like it? Or do we have to work in an office or this is what they told us? Do we have to, we have to really break things down. So as you go, like, so the overt things that were so different, right? From the secular world, I was just like very aware of because it was very clear. Again, black, very black and white. The gray areas is something that we're consistently working on. So I'm so happy to hear you say that, like, you feel that we're coming from an authentic uh, space and, 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 and we are as far as we've met ourselves, right? I feel like there's so much more consistently. Forever. We could have the same conversation when you're 65. Exactly, yeah. Not, yeah. Yeah, so, but when I do come upon it, it's it's interesting and it's continuous like work with, you know, with therapy. It's like literally this week, it's like, oh, interesting. This is where that comes from, right? And it's still like, okay, I still grew up in that culture. It's still just, it's cultural things and learning how I was, you know, and, and then in general, coming from a place of, I think, I think maybe we're, I think maybe we're all on the same space in this, in this part of our journey is not being angry. Cause like you were saying, you feel, you know, like pretty even keeled. So I feel like, and, and we have a sense of knowing, so it's not, it doesn't harm us when someone else is telling us we're not good. Cause we kind of know we are and we're okay. Yeah. So when that I've happens, angry. I mean, I've had a lot of anger. I, I mean, I still have anger. I know I do, but I know how to deal with it and yeah. reclaim it and like take yeah. it on. I've gone to therapy. I have an amazing support system. My husband's amazing. Um, my friends are just like, I just, I still figure yeah. out over the dumbest things. I still do all those things. I just know that like, yeah, I don't have no, to, I, I don't have to give in to like just yeah. being angry and blaming because you can't really blame anyone for your own decisions. Yes. All up to well, you. and even if you do blame, like where does that leave you? No. Like you still have to live with yourself, right? You still have to continue to take time. all your shit with you all the time. You can move across the world, that don't matter. Yeah. That yeah. yeah. So you'll always you'll yeah. always take yourself with you. That's something that I've I've yeah. seen. I've I've been I read a book this week and the, it it comes with you, but it's it's something very like obvious. Yeah, wherever you go, you always take yourself with you. But it's something that it, like all these lessons that we've been learning. I feel like 
one of the things that I also loved about this podcast is kind of like when the cliches of like things like that become things that you really learn. Like just that thing, like, yeah, like of course, like wherever I go, I, I take myself with me. But when you really, really learn it and you said, oh, you get it. That's, that's one of the most beautiful moments of this learning process for me. Yeah, I hear you. Like you just get, you're like, ah, ah. Okay. Yeah, that's all, the, that's all the teachings. Like literally the ones that we were raised with, it's starting to make sense. It's like it's based on, I mean, listen, listen, religion is just some religion was never a church. It was never, it was never this. Yeah. It was just to help people, the community. It was to be out in the open. It was to be in nature. Actually, it was supposed to be in name. All of anything is started in nature, for nature, by nature, brought to you by nature and, and embracing all of that and, and um, you know, cooking together and speaking together and yeah. being together and living together and seeing together. A shared community essentially and and then obviously it started to become law and yeah it took hold structure is not a bad thing just people abuse the power of structure and so therefore right. we have war and we have yeah. um, a lot of poor people we have a lot of people that go hungry like no one should yes. be hungry in america that doesn't even make any sense no well there's capitalism right there's yeah. nothing to do with religion okay so right. but religion <laughs> so in the name of religion things. people have conquered lands people have killed people have fought people have really is my land yeah. by the grace of god or whomever yeah they came over and colonized and completely killed off a species yeah well because that's what colonization is it's just exactly just genocide just it's great yeah create a new world to not listen to their church over there yet bring it here and still do the same thing Whatever, that's a whole yeah. other topic. But yeah, um, what yeah. I find really so, I think there. So so then it's figuring out all that shit, separating it from wisdom because there's wisdom and lived experiences, right? People have lived before us. There is wisdom there, and so like that was also something with our podcast. Figuring out is like some of this teaching is connected to religion, but even the way that it's connected, religion was also tailored to what people were going through, right? They were trying to process what they were ha happening, what was happening in their life. Mm -hmm. So now it's figuring out, okay, so this is how they dealt with stuff. Can I learn something from that without it being like to the letter of the law, just being like, how did they deal with things? And so I'm getting to, when I, when I now look at something in that way, I can see it in a, in the larger picture without a triggering with me, without me feeling like this is the right or wrong way. But there's absolute wisdom. And it's in, in every culture, like human beings have lived before okay. us. We, are, we don't know everything. There's- I don't know. We don't, actually, we don't know a lot. Yeah. We actually don't know a lot. We haven't even explored any of the ocean. Never mind. you know what I mean? Like I think yeah. of the ocean and half the, most of the world is water. So I don't know. That's the only way I see it. Cause it's like, it's all lived through language anyways. It's just language. Language is developed and then we put meaning behind words. But as soon as you change a meaning, like going back to they, them, right? We were talking about yeah. that. And and the the queer community and non-binary and non-gender conforming, like, and calling them they, them. And, and everyone's getting up in arms about this. Well, it's plural. I go, well, it's actually technically not all plural. If you break it down, like you have said this about someone, meaning only them. See? And I just said, like, and like, no one, the distinctions are so interesting when people are just, in a way, caught up in the structure because it makes them feel good. And we all love structure. But look what happened when the pandemic happened. And like, structure mm -hmm. was immediately taken away from everybody. And they felt like their rights were taken away. But people were dying and people are still dying. 
but structure, uh, God, God forbid you take away structure because then what do you do? Cause that's yeah. all. No. Yeah. There yeah. is a lot of comfort coming from there, of course. And, and there's an understanding and something that has been like the most difficult part for me to, to get to see a balance, right. Is seeing where do we understand and what space do we give to people to change, to adapt their minds, to get rid of these habits and these thoughts that are ingrained in their brains. Like, where do we draw the line, right? Where do we get to understand and hear and try to convince? Because we're also like both of us very open to have these difficult conversations that will like potentially move us forward, right? But there's also the understanding that these conversations will not always move us forward. And there will be some times where like, even we will have to recede and that we will get frustrated because the person is not listening or the person is really not being able to see the reality that's surrounding them, right? So I would say like one of the most difficult things, it's it's drawing that line. And in the future, we do want to get more into conversations with people who think differently because I think that's the way to to motivate change and to show also from our previous examples, how things can be done, right, to these people to perhaps motivate them to, to create change in their own environments. But yeah, it's it's a little bit difficult to see where do we stop and what yeah. kind of like uh, space do we give to people to change, to, to forgive yeah. and to try to be better as a society and where is a line that it should be like, okay, like you cross the line, you should be punished, obviously. And um... well, that was part one. I'm going to break this first episode up in two parts because I love these two human beings so much. They are a beacon of light for the queer community, the queer religious community. It's just a really great conversation. So that is the conclusion of part one of the Forbidden Apple podcast. I'd like to thank, of course, my on-air sponsors, Josea de la Cuesta and Michael J. Garowskis. This season is going to explore a lot of amazing humans around the world inside of their faith, their queerness, their stories. So if this relates to you in any way, please reach out to me as always um, at Queer Teen Podcast on Instagram or Facebook or Queer Teen Podcast at gmail.com. And looking forward to having many conversations with you if you so wish to have them. And I'm your host, Anthony Giorgio, and thanks for listening to another episode of QT, Queer Teen Podcast, encouraging the next generation of queer youth from across the world to stand up for what's right. And remember, listen, learn, love.